0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this Sunday edition of Political Straight Talk. I'm your host, the Political Superman, coming to you live from the foothills of the closed, shut down, no longer open foothills of the Cherokee and Mount Pisgah National Forests. We have been denied, shut down, quarantined, told you cannot go into nature, so stay home. Those of you that like to pee on a tree, pee in your toilet. Yes, sir. All right, y'all know what time it is. Nine twelve on the east coast, six twelve on the left coast. And I got to tell you, I'm kind of beginning to wonder about some people. So. <coughs> One of the things that keeps coming up that I I hear a lot about is martial law and how basically we're going to be under martial law. The National Guard is going to be dropped off at our doorstep. And so I decided to go ahead and Define what martial law is and and do it using some facts. So hopefully this will clear up uh, some things for you. So first, let me start with an overall definition of martial law. And martial law is the imposition of direct military control of normal civilian functions by the government, especially in response to a temporary emergency, such as an invasion or major disaster or in an occupied territory, okay? So let's put that in some layman's terms. Martial law can be used to enforce rule over the public, Okay, such incidences may occur after an attempted coup, which in the United States has not happened, okay, it can be used um, during states of an emergency such as we have declared here. We, the United States, has been known to impose martial law, okay? And let me just go ahead and clarify for everybody. The last time the United States declared martial law was during the Civil War, okay? So I want everybody to understand that. Now, what is tempo, What is included in martial law? Martial law accompanies curfews, the suspension of civil law, civil rights, and habeas corpus, and the application or extension of military law or military justice involving civilians. In other words, civilians that defy martial law could be court-martialed. Okay, so what does that mean for the United States? And since I've heard so many people talking about it, I decided to break it out for you, okay? martial law concept in the United States is closely tied to the rights of habeas corpus, which is the right to a hearing on lawful imprisonment, or more broadly, the supervision of law enforcement by the judiciary. The ability to suspend habeas corpus is related to the imposition of martial law. Article 1, take note of this, everybody. Article 1, Section 9 of the Constitution states, The privilege of the writ of habeas corpus shall not be suspended unless, when in cases of rebellion or invasion, the public safety may require it. Let me read that again just for people that may be a little dense in the head. The privilege of the writ of habeas corpus, what did we define as habeas corpus? The suspension of civil law and the suspension of law enforcement by civilian, shall not be suspended unless when in cases of rebellion or invasion of the public safety. All right, so let's give you a couple of examples. When was martial law or use of the military within our borders? Because remember, the Constitution denies the right of the military to be deployed within our borders. Okay? Here are some times that the U.S. has used that in a military police kind of way. The Whiskey Rebellion. Okay? The Civil Rights Movement. Okay? but they were not a declaration of martial law. The distinction must be made as clear that between martial law and military military justice. Deployment of troops does not necessarily mean that civil courts cannot function, and that is one of the keys that the Supreme Court noted to martial law. Now, listen very carefully to this. In United States law, martial law is limited by court decisions that were handed down between the Civil War and World War II. In 1878, Congress passed the Posse Comitatus Act, pay close attention here, which forbids U.S. military involvement in domestic law enforcement, and here are the key three words, folks, without congressional approval. Let me read it again. In 1878, Congress passed the Posse Comitatus Act, which forbids the United States' military involvement in domestic law enforcement without congressional approval. Okay? Now, I hope that clears up some of the most recent people that have been members of the Tenfold Hat Society. Uh, And they're, oh my gosh, we're going under martial law. Okay. Now, let us clear up a couple of other issues for you. Okay? I've heard a lot about DEFCON. Okay? Now, first of all, 95% of Americans have no damn idea what DEFCON means. But it just simply means the defense readiness condition. Okay? What status is the United States military on? Generally, we stay at DEFCON 4. Okay. The last time we moved to DEFCON 1 in the United States, can anybody tell me when that was? Cuban
1: missile
2: crisis?
0: Cuban okay, missile. Incorrect. 9-11. 9/11. 9/11. 9/11 it is. The Cuban missile crisis got us up to DEFCON 2. DEFCON 1 um Defcon one has been used a time or two since September 11th but the last time that it put us, uh, that have put us at Defcon one nationally and for a sustained period of time has been September 11th now I want to backtrack a minute if a state calls up the national government If the National Guard calls up, or excuse me, if the state calls up the National Guard, that is not martial law. That ain't anywhere near martial law, because the states don't have the authority to declare martial law. Okay? They do, in fact, have the authority to patrol their borders. Okay? Um, Some of you are going to have seen that over the weekend. New, uh, New Jersey, or excuse me, Rhode Island. banned New York's residents from their state Florida is banning New Yorkers from their state and they have in fact set up the National Guard to protect protect their borders which they have every right to do that is not martial law that is not declaring anything that is simply the state using a resource okay in New Jersey New York Washington Pennsylvania, the National Guard has been federalized, meaning they are, if you want to use a DEFCON term, they're DEFCON 3. And their job is to help contain the virus issue going on there, however those states choose to do it or how President Trump chooses to do it. Right now, Trump is not issuing a lockdown of those states but it may come if they don't see a subside of the curve. But from now on, when you hear somebody start talking this week about martial law, give them a definition, explain to them that they're being stupid, and invite them to listen to political political straight talk. Now, back to DEFCON. One of the things that I've I've heard about the DEFCON business is, oh, no, the United States is going to DEFCON 1. Well, okay. I, I did ask somebody, well, what is DEFCON 1? Well, that means that we're about to be attacked. Um, no. It does
2: Barbara wants to be unmuted.
0: Barbara's not muted. Am I not? No.
1: Pause. Thank you.
0: If you're muted, you muted yourself. Okay. But as I want people to participate, I'll unmute them. This whole DEFCON business, defense readiness. Um, The United States right now has a posture of DEFCON 3. They've kept that same posture. So I don't, you know. Some, listen, I, I will tell you there are some idiots that would probably try the United States, but it wouldn't be very wise. Because we may have a little virus going on, but I promise you our missiles will still work. Matter of fact, I heard talk that Trump painted some of the missiles. that says... Uh, they painted a gold T on it, and that under it it says, says hi. And that'll be the last thing they see before they get blown up. But in all seriousness, guys, this whole martial law stuff. I'm so tired of hearing about that. Another one I heard about today and it merits being addressed just because it was so asinine and stupid. So I saw a post today that said while we've been having the coronavirus, the House Bill 1517 wants to require a national ID to be a firearm owner wants to tax guns at 30%, ammo at 50%, and you must register in a federal database. Well, I went looking because that's what I do. First of all, House Bill 1517 doesn't exist. Okay? So whoever wrote that post didn't know how the House bills work. Secondly, they Set their own laws for conceal matter of fact if you'll notice several states are going to open carry one of which will be the state of tennessee um and the federal system can't require you to have a federal id for nothing not even this little id that they're doing they've extended to 2021 for flying on airplanes that is not a federal id That simply allows you to board an airplane or go into a government building. And the only difference between it and a regular driver's license is you have to perform you have to show two more forms of ID. Whether it be a bank statement, it's something quite simple actually. It's not a big pain. It's a pain when you're having to stand there. But it's not that complicated. So, there is no federal ID. There's not going to be a federal ID because you've got 52 states and territories that make up the United States, and the federal government has no right to create a federal ID. They just don't. Will it come to that? Maybe, but it won't be in our lifetime. Okay. A couple other things that need to be addressed. Just for some common sense purposes, I've heard so many people the last couple of days on Facebook and otherwise talking about how this virus is just going to wipe us out. As of last night, this virus, just in the number of people that are infected. If you take the number of deaths, divide that by the number of people infected, you get a .0016. That number may change today, but that's what it was last night. That means one one-hundredth of a percent of people that catch the virus are dying. Every life is important, but six percent of people that catch the flu die. Do you see the difference? One one one-hundredth of a percent or six percent? Practice some common sense steps. Number one, wash your hands. Number two, don't do like Joe Biden and touch your face, cough into your hands or otherwise. Number three, If you have the sniffles, if you have a fever, if you... What are the other symptoms? I know Marissa told us the other night, but whatever the symptoms are, if you have a fever, trouble breathing,
3: dry
2: cough.
3: Okay. If you have those conditions,
0: keep your butt home. Your jobs will not fire you. Okay, President Trump has extended our social distancing by 30 days, primarily because people didn't practice social distancing, so here we are. to you from Common sense, Mark, you got some background stuff going on. That right there, whatever that is, that's background. Now, other than the news, that I've seen today, and, and, you know, most of your news surrounds the corona this, corona that. Uh, Governor Cuomo's on TV hollering about what he needs and that New York State should be first, first, first. And so I want to give everybody another lesson in federal largesque. As many of you know, in 2005... (laughs) An act of the good Lord, known as Katrina, demolished part of Louisiana. Now, the interesting thing about Louisiana getting demolished was that Louisiana knew it was coming. Okay, This wasn't a big surprise, it wasn't a big secret, it wasn't a oh hey, it just popped in on us. They knew it was coming. The president's office reached out to Mayor Negan, told Mayor Negan, look, need to start getting people out of there. There's a nice big fat hurricane, Category 4, possibly 5 by the time it hits you, that will level anything in its path, and the levees will not hold. Mayor Negan was like, blow me, Bush. And went on about his business well when the rain started coming down and the people started being sent to Louisiana to handle this issue we were held at bay and told to mind our business to the point of we sat on the interstate unable to enter into the city Mayor Nagin was again called by someone high up in the administration and told look You've got school buses. You've got city buses. Start getting people out of there. People were sitting on their roofs wanting to have hurricane parties. We need to get you people out of here. Oh, hell. I've lived through blah, blah, blah. Look, this is the nastiest one you're going to see. Well, here comes the hurricane. Hurricane true to what? National Weather Service, the United States Corps of Engineers, and others predicted levees were breached, in some cases, levees smashed, entire parishes wiped out, people died. 48 hours after the rains had left, we are begging the governor. And I want to say her last name was Landrow. Mark, you'd be better to know that. I don't remember her name. Landrow, Landrow. Blanco.
3: Blanco. Blanco.
0: She said, and I quote, I will do nothing that gives that effing son of a bitch Bush credit for anything. Ma'am, with all due respect, the president's not after credit. The president wants to help people. He's not my president. Um. Yeah. Yeah, he is. That's when you answered the phone the other day and he called, you called him Mr. President. Ergo, he's your president. Anyway, long story short, she wouldn't sign the order for disaster relief to come in. So you had trucks as far back as the eye could see running up, I want to say... Is it Interstate 10? Yeah. Mark? Okay. Yeah, All like the 10, way back 10. out. Huh? All the way back out, Interstate 10, you had trucks, mobile homes. Emergency personnel, military personnel ready to go in. But because we couldn't get a signed declaration from the governor, we're planted. And then you hear, well, Bush didn't respond fast enough. Bush didn't do this fast enough. Bush didn't do that fast enough. But he did. To this day, and I'm assuming they're still there. They were there the last time I went through there. If you drive down Interstate Ten, you will see fields where FEMA trailers still sit to this day that the federal government made available for people to live in. Three, four, five bedroom homes that put on their lots and planted, the government was gonna to pay to connect all the power, the water, everything needed to be done. It's gonna be paid for by the Fed. Yet you have FEMA trailers as far as the eye can see sitting down there rotting.
3: Now why the sad thing is they're still rotting. Right. They're still rotting places in Louisiana.
0: Well that was my point. And we're now fifteen years down the road. And my point is that These states know these things happen. Louisiana knew it was coming. They chose not to prepare. Okay? New York, New Jersey, Washington State have all, every state in the union has run whatever code it happens to be in your particular neck of the woods. Um, For the feds and incident command systems, it's code black. That is a pandemic, a natural disaster, something big that affects thousands upon thousands of people. They've run these scenarios multiple times. New York knew as early as 2015, hey, we are short on supplies. We are short on what we need. And the recommendation was to get them. Multiple states, Republican states included, decided to go get other things instead of buying the ventilators or buying the masks or buying whatever the case may be. And now they look to the federal government to bail them out. And Trump is like, well, we'll send you stuff, but it's not our responsibility to take care of your state. And as callous as that may sound. That's a true statement. We have been woefully unprepared, and I'm one of the ones, and I'll admit it, I'm one of the ones that did not take this as seriously as I should have from the beginning. My belief was that this is not going to affect a large swath of the population not in an adverse way. So what are we seeing? We're seeing that in most rural areas, there is no effect. It is in the urban centers where we're having a lot of effect. Now, I'm not justifying that because, listen, we do need to take precautions. Okay, but here's, here's why I'm even on this particular topic. It is a community's responsibility to take care of that community. You say, well, what do you mean by that? One of the things that I've heard so much about in recent months is all the closing of little community hospitals. Okay? I don't know if Arkansas has been hit with it. I don't know if Louisiana has been hit with it. I know that Tennessee has lost Fifteen of its regional hospitals. And these are little hospitals that have maybe 30, 40 beds. They're not huge operations, but they service areas that are hard to get to. Closing them down. And you say, well, why are they closing hospitals down? Well, it's quite simple, actually. Hospitals aren't making money. Now, I said that to somebody at work the other night, and I thought they were going to blow a coronary, because evidently hospitals aren't supposed to make money. Think about this. Okay, I'll give an example, Arkansas. Arkansas has a little hospital called Johnson's Regional Medical Center. Okay? I love that hospital because that's where I met Amanda. And let me just tell y'all, Amanda was mean to me back then. Just so y'all know. Very mean to me. But it is a local hospital. It is small. And if it had to take on huge non-paying patients or it had to survive solely off of Medicaid, Medicare payments, it would not survive. Hospitals will not survive off of just Medicaid, Medicare. That's wrong. They don't pay enough. Okay, people that don't pay your medical bills, they're not going to survive. But everybody thinks it ought to be for free. If you want to know why your local hospitals are closing, it's because communities don't have a sense of, I don't want to really use the word pride, but I'm going to say sense of pride in their community. It's everybody else's problem. And this pandemic has gone to show that we have some deep flaws in our medical system that we need to fix from the supply chain on down the line. There's no reason that we should be waiting on MAC for our medical personnel. No reason at all. Why is it that 3M and other companies that produce these things, why didn't they have them in stock? Anybody know why they didn't carry them in stock? I'll give you a clue. you've heard me talk about it with American Greetings and why they like well, go off for the first
2: because they probably were buying them from Japan and not an American company.
0: Well, it has to do with the warehouse tax. Companies don't keep a lot of stockpile. Well, go ahead, Mark.
3: It has to do with that. It has to do with legalese as well. 3M makes a lot of masks per month. Most of their masks go to the the contractors and the industrial side of uh, the spectrum, mainly because if they send it to a hospital, if they have a shelf life of so many months or years, depending on uh, their sterilization process or whatever, they're considered to be liabilities to 3M. So if, say, 3M makes 10 million masks per month that are allocated directly to the medical field, that's all they're going to make. They may make another 20 to 30 million more for the industrial field or the uh, the un-medical field, and that's because the legalese, the liability of those masks, fall upon 3M. Now... Something that was done last week, I believe, was to limit the liability of 3M so they could produce more masks and they can ship out more of those, uh, those masks that are needed by the hospitals. That's something that, the, that Congress was looking into. I believe they, it, it got through in the last few days, but that's one of the reasons why.
0: Well, there there are there are some regulations, but one of the biggest things is the warehouse tax. When it comes time to pay the pumper and people come through, you pay a tax on everything that's in your warehouse. And it's cheaper for companies to pay overtime to their employees than it is to pay the warehouse tax. And so, now I'm going to flip it around, and I know all of you have thought about this, and there's a couple on here that's in the medical field. How do we prevent shortages like this from happening in the future? What do we do?
1: Be more prepared. Stockpile, put in the warehouses, Make the ventilators, put them in a warehouse. You know what we did after 9/11. We should be doing after this. Well, what we do
0: after
1: 9/11? Uh, well, we both the Patriot Patriot Act. You know, we took uh, action on uh, TSA with more, you know, screenings. Which should have been done prior to that. But I remember about 10 years prior to 9 11, and they came out and said that we're going to do more screenings, and people lost their minds. And if those screenings had been in place, maybe we could have stopped those 19 hijackers. But I digress. Um, Be more prepared. Pay attention to what's happening um we let this get out of hand i mean there's still no toilet paper to be had no paper towels no you know and stores who allowed this to happen now they're limiting but they didn't in the beginning you know and um I think we have to be more. Uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, we've got to, we we've got to stay more alert and don't treat this and any future viruses as you know something that oh well. It's just another cold. I applaud President Trump for what he's done. I applaud his task force for what they've done. And to have these idiots who come out and say, like Nancy Pelosi saying, well, he fiddled around in the beginning and he didn't do anything. Uh, Nancy, you were doing an impeachment at the same time this virus was taking hold. And you did nothing. That's when Congress should have acted. But, you know.
2: I don't know how much it would cost, but why do they not check? I mean, if we know that we have American citizens going over to other countries, um, and which I know a lot of them do for, for travel, for work, and, and things like that, but they need to have some type of process um, almost like an onboarding when they come back to the United States that they go through some type of you know two or three day process to make sure that health wise they're good before they enter back into our state I mean they kind of do that with like fruits and stuff you can't bring fruits from another country into our right. country. Right. So all, all I'm saying is why why don't they do some type of process like that? And, I mean, I would think that that would cost a lot less than it would doing, like, right now. We're talking trillions of dollars.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Hello.
3: I think yeah. we need to, first of all, stop, stop making our products like uh, ventilators and masks and surgical gowns and things like that. Stop, ha- stop importing that stuff. One of the problems we're having is we have China who makes a lot of our medical supplies, and they're using it because they've had the, they had corona before we did. So we're looking for that stuff yeah. in, in America. Well, what well, we're going to use what we, what we have now, but we're still going to need more. Well, manufacturing plants in the United States, it's going to take them longer to set up to produce those items because they haven't been producing them in the past. We love the cheap label of China and uh, the Far East. When it comes down to brass tacks, we need things in this country first. We don't need a, to wait for a, a trip from across the Pacific to get those supplies. Like ventilators. How many ventilators in the United States are made per year? There's probably not as much as the, the Chinese uh, made uh, ventilators. Same as the mask. There's a handful of companies in the United States that make masks. 3M is one of them. But how many of them, how many masks that nurses and doctors use come from China or somewhere around China where there's cheap labor? I think this whole issue could have been avoided to a certain extent if we kept manufacturing in this country. Now, as far as Quarantining people beforehand, I agree with that to a certain extent. I, I, I believe that if you're an American citizen, there should be some, Ameri- some U.S. consulate somewhere that will say that has a kind of medical office that will test you before you come back. To, before you come back to the states, I think if something like that was in place, this uh, this whole crisis could have been averted for the most part. But then, if people would have heeded the warning, and I mean on the state and local levels, because when Trump imposed the travel ban to Wuhan and well, Wuhan and China, what was he met with? He was a racist. He was a xenophobe. Everyone and their mother went on television to make sure that they that. Their point that they disagreed with Trump was, that, was uh, made known. There's even the governor of, of uh, California, who's begging Trump for stuff now, the governor of New York, who's begging Trump for stuff now. There's evidence of most leaders that, are saying, that went out and said that what Trump was doing was wrong, and that it was this and that. Joe Biden. I mean, there's a host of... Of Of people who made those comments, this could have been prevented. I agree people
2: like to <laughs> become last time I
3: mentioned on the show that the mayor of New Orleans is saying now, saying publicly. If Trump would have called for the cancellation of Mardi Gras because of this virus, we would have done it. He should have canceled Mardi Gras. And I'm just looking back and laughing. You know damn well you're not going to you're not going to cancel a trillion dollar industry, a trillion dollar event because of what he was saying back then. Because you didn't take him seriously when he wanted to do it, when he had the travel ban in China. And every one of these people who's going on stage right now saying that Trump should have done something six uh, six weeks ago or three months ago or whatever he did, did he do enough? We don't know because we ha- we had no idea we we had no idea then the scope of this virus now, and the idea of an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. It goes the other way as well, that if he would have put preventive measures in place then, he would have been seen as a dictator. He would have been seen as the second coming of Hitler if this wouldn't have panned out. Well, we're in the midst of it now. If it gets worse or if it gets better, it's going to be because the people decided to take their own advice or take the 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 uh I'm sorry it's going to be because of people's ignorance or resilience that where this place go where this situation goes now
0: Now I agree with that And I think there are there are other aspects of it that we need to look at and you know I've brought this up Because the manufacturing problem in the United States has more to do with than just free trade. It has more to do with even the price to consumers. Okay? And I think that one of Trump's platforms, when he first ran was that he wanted an American first mentality. Okay. And the battle where he's made some headway but hadn't won outright is dealing with manufacturing in the United States. And one of the things that I've said before and I'll say again that I feel like the United States needs to look at as soon as they possibly can, is first of all, bringing our critical manufacturing back in the United States. Our medication, emergency equipment, et cetera, et cetera. Secondly, any kind of manufacturing that deals with our supply chain that could result in to be considered part of national security, uh, food chain, um, the you know essentials, chain toilet paper, paper towels, things like that. I think we got to look at making all of that stuff domestic because we've got the supplies, we've got the material, we have the technological know-how that we could have you know, we could have solved a lot of these problems already by having the production here. All right. Anybody want to bring anything up on the topics that we've discussed so far? Any questions, comments? All right. So now I'm going to ask if there's anybody that wants to bring up a topic we haven't discussed before we move on. Well, everybody's quiet. With the president's social distancing order being extended by 30 days, those of you that were holding out hope, praying, Down on your knees begging that school be back in session this year. Um, Highly doubt it. Going to throw that out there for everybody. Highly doubt it. What does our resident school board member think?
1: I think you're right on that because Um, I think we only go to the middle of May or something like that. So, yep, it definitely looks like what it is. I mean, um, we're, I don't know what other states are doing, but Tennessee really is piss poor on their contract with PBS. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, looks like it's going to be it for the year.
0: Well, PBS has really stepped up in some other states. i got to gotta give props to PBS. Now, I'm not 100% sure how that's working. Amanda can give us a rundown on how the PBS liaison is going. I think she's been working on that.
2: Um, In Arkansas, um. The Arkansas Department of Education has collaborated with PBS to do um, all Arca- the Arkansas curriculum um, for K through 8 online and um, through their channels. And so they have it set up to where um, I don't know the younger kids, the grades 3 through 5 is from like not. to 11, and then um, sixth grade starts at 11 and goes to, or starts at 11.30 and goes to 1. And they're supposed to go over, basically, it's basically the AMI stuff like in a package that they would bring home. And the schools have also sent out the AMI worksheets that you can print off. But it's like over 200 pages. And you use that in conjunction with PBS. The last I heard, they're trying to figure out how they're going to get those packets back to the classroom.
0: All right. Thank you. I think that PBS has done a good job on this. So for those of you that don't know, the Grim Sleeper, what they called him, he was the serial killer in California, has died. At San Quentin yesterday. They don't think it was any kind of foul play. It was Who? in death row. Huh? Who died? The Grim Sleeper is what they called him. We have a name. His name is Lonnie Franklin. Is that Hillary
3: Clinton? No. Oh, so it's not Hillary.
0: No. No. Yeah. Too bad. Franklin had been on death row since 2016 for the deaths of nine women and a teenage girl. He was linked to 14 slayings, including four women he was not charged with, and he may have had as many as 25 more victims. Anyway, um, he is on... uh, well, uh, was on death row, now he's dead. So California wow. don't have to put another one to death.
3: Wait, I thought they wow. was,
1: did we did he abolish their death row. Yeah, well they did.
0: In California they didn't. But yeah, they California did. had an accident. No, they didn't.
1: They took everybody off of death row.
3: They didn't. No yeah, that was in the that was in the seventies they did that but I thought they they redone that
0: they did. they reinstituted
3: yeah. they, they
0: reinstituted the death penalty we,
3: however, they have not killed
0: anybody by a death penalty since two thousand six as a matter of fact, the last two lines of the article says you're more likely to die of old age
3: yeah did anyone... Did anyone read about um, the prospects of canceling football in the, in the fall?
0: Um, I,
3: I haven't heard anything it, directly. Neither have I, but I, I, I do subscribe I to a few uh, um, football-related uh, groups on Facebook. And one of them is uh, it's southern football. And one of, the op- one of the ideas would be to move the season up to, uh, because of the way uh, most uh, flu-like and coronavirus-like viruses are. They, they're more of a cold-weather type of virus because, of how, because people are usually together in uh, the wintertime. So to move the uh, the football season up until the middle of of summer, extending to the later parts of the fall. Also, there's talk of just canceling it outright because they they don't know if, how bad it's going to be come fall.
0: So there are 27 states with the death penalty without the death penalty and California is a death penalty state.
1: Well, then they reversed it because last year, Newsom came out and said he was revoking the uh, but death penalty. First
0: of all, he doesn't have the authority to revoke death row. He can commute everybody's sentence to life, but he did not do that. Anyway, Mark, continue. About the football season?
3: Yeah, it, it, there's a uh, uh, Kirk Herf Street is uh, from ESPN. He uh,
0: I know who made that mention that he is.
3: believes that the yeah he believes that the season will not happen because of the concerns of coronavirus. And there's a few others that have that are feeling the same way. But for the most part, this will kill in uh, college football and college athletics as a whole if this doesn't happen. Because pretty much every uh, Division One school funds their entire athletic program thanks to, um, to football. Well, I
0: agree with you. And I think football, this is going to hurt.
3: I think there's too much money involved for football not to happen. Even if it's played with no fans in the stands, because of the television contracts alone, it would... The risk of players... If you isolate the players well enough, there's a possibility that none of them will get sick. But on the other hand... We just the revenue from the television rights stayed in in the FCC. We both have we both have teams in the FCC that we root for. Though the loss of that revenue, it would be detrimental to an athletic program.
0: I don't disagree with
3: that. As far as the other sports, usually I'm watching baseball right now, which is not on. I really can't stand basketball, so I really have no stake in that fight. But it, it's, I, I kind of feel sorry for ESPN, who's just airing old games at this point. And their commentary is more or less, well, we have another player in so and so league that has the coronavirus, mainly because they didn't stay their ass home. Other than that, ESPN is a uh, worthless little company now.
1: Well, there was a joke going around saying, if you want to end this virus sooner, tell the South there won't be any football. I'm sorry.
3: I think you're right on that.
0: Oh, dead too? Yeah. I agree.
1: There's no too. NASCAR, is it?
0: And All
3: I can right. tell Any you, there'll be more on? people. Go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, there'll be more people that would be upset with no college football than there would be with pro, with a, uh, a lack of pro football, especially in the, the South.
0: Agreed. All right. Any other topics? All right, so as we close out have, this evening... Wait, wait. I, go ahead, Mark.
3: Now, I was going to say, there was a poll that was released on Fox News, I want to say yesterday or the day before, with uh, Joe Biden having a clear majority in, um, in polling data for president. And I looked at that for 30 seconds, and I just laughed a little bit. Because if anyone has a, a advantage at this point because of this coronavirus, it will be the president. And since Joe Biden doesn't know where he is or how to cough in, cough in his elbow, any early polls now, at this point minute. are just laughable. What was the poll? Fox News released a poll yesterday or Friday, one of the two that it showed a clear majority of people favoring Joe Biden over Donald Trump in the presidential election. It was done by a Democratic uh, pollster, and it was pretty much a junk poll.
0: Yeah, I, I, I have a hard time believing that, given the favorability ratings and everything that he's getting on his handling of all this. I mean,
3: you know, he's, he's doing we so well. what? He's doing so well that they're they're finding other ways to to, to go after him besides the ventilators.
0: <clears throat>
3: yeah. Something that he has no control over. That's he's it's his fault now. Gotcha. All right. Well, we certainly
0: appreciate everybody tuning into our program. We invite you back next week where we're going to change up how we do things, and we think you'll like it. It is a uh, learn-as-you-go. We're going to close the program out tonight with another music legend who is currently suffering from the corona. His name is John Prine, and we're going to take it away this evening with one of his songs called Donald. And Lydia.
1: Right, let's do nice
0: involved who haul flashing your lights
3: making chains behind the counter in Penny Archie That's a fat girl daughter of Virginia and Ray Lydia Lydia is her like a cat Behind her small eyes, deep in On the she just
0: remember You've got to stand for something or fall for anything. Freedom is a free. Thank you, soldier, for without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. Keep your nurses, doctors, CNAs, and all your hospital personnel in your thoughts and your prayers. And for those out there that have the corona, we hope you heal. For those of you that don't, we hope you don't get it. This is the Political Superman saying, have a good night, everybody.